You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Vision Sunday and how it's going to work next week. I'll tell you at the end of the message. Let's pray and then we'll get into it. Oh God, we thank you so much, whether we're in the room or watching online. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you've chosen each one of us for this moment in time to hear what it is that you have to say. And Lord, we ask this morning, we're open, we say to you, God, would you give us a paradigm shift? God, would you help us to see what you see? Lord, I pray you would speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, we read a story about a prophet, Samuel. And this prophet Samuel has been instructed by God to go to a man named Jesse's house. And he, God says that one of Jesse's sons will be the next king of Israel and you are to anoint him as the next king. Now, Samuel doesn't know which son. He's not sure which son of Jesse's it is. All he knows is that it's one of them and God's gonna show him when he gets there. Don't you love it when God does that to you? I'll show you when you get there. You'll know when it happens, right? One of those moments, that's what Samuel had. And so he arrives at Jesse's house and the first son he sees is Jesse's oldest son, Eliab. And there's something about Eliab's appearance, something about his stature that just commands Samuel's attention and he immediately thinks this has got to be the one. That was easy, Lord, this is the one. But listen to God's instructions around what Samuel was to do and not to do. It says in verse seven, it says, do not look at his appearance or his stature because I have rejected him. Listen to these words because these are really important for us today. It says, humans do not see what the Lord sees. For humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. Humans do not see as the Lord sees. See, what I think God was saying to Samuel was that I'm gonna teach you, I need to teach you to begin to see how I see, to begin to see things the way I see them. Look, I think God was leading Samuel and Jesse and Jesse's sons and David toward a paradigm shift today. I think he was leading them toward a moment where all of a sudden they would begin to see things how God sees them. And I think it's a paradigm shift you and I need today. So are you ready? All right, let's go. We'll go and see what the paradigm shift is. Jesse called all of his sons one by one to stand before Samuel. And each time, I'm sure they were all hopeful that maybe it was gonna be them. And each time God said, no, that's not the one. No, he's not the one. He's not the one. He's not the one. I bet you it was getting a little bit awkward as they got down in sons and they were all going, oh, oh goodness, I hope it's, you know, like you would feel like the pressure was on at that moment, wouldn't you? As you got down to the end of the line of sons. So there stood Jesse's seven sons. Seven of his sons stood there before Samuel and Samuel was like, no, this is not them. Have you got any more? Have you got any more hiding out back somewhere? And Jesse says, well, as a matter of fact, I do. I do. He says in verse 11, it says, there's still the youngest, he answered, but right now he's tending sheep. Samuel told Jesse, send for him. We won't sit down to eat until he gets here. So Jesse sent for him. He had beautiful eyes and a healthy, handsome appearance. Just FYI. (laughs) Then the Lord said, anoint him for he is the one. 
So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David from that day forward. Listen to me. On the day that David was chosen by God and anointed by the man of God to be the next king of Israel, he was rejected by his own family. His father hadn't even considered him worthy enough to bring and stand in the lineup of possible choices for king. Listen, Samuel's father, and look, we look favorably upon our own children, don't we? I mean, most of the time, we think they're pretty awesome. Sometimes we're, you know, there's an argument for it, but most of the time, we favor our own kids for stuff. David's father didn't even think he was worthy of bringing in to be a possible choice. God saw something in David that David's own father didn't see. He didn't see David in the same way that, he, that, that God saw him. Listen, when they only saw a kid, God saw a king. When they only saw a kid, God saw a king, and God was able to look straight past the kid to the king he destined him to be in the first place. He looked straight past his size. He looked straight past his young age. God looked straight past his inexperience. He looked straight past his position in the family, which was incredibly important. In those days, God looked straight past his lack, his small stature. He looked straight past all the things he wasn't, and he looked and saw the very thing he had called him, chosen him, destined and named him to be in the first place. And I think that you and I need a reminder today that God can look straight past all the things that others and yourself would use to disqualify you for the call. He looks straight past all of that and he sees the king he's destined you to be. Come on, when we see just a kid, God sees a king. And that's the paradigm shift I think we need to make. And there's two schools of thought on this I wanna bring to you, two shifts I think we need to make. Now hold on to your seats, because they're game changers, all right? They're deep game changers. Here it is. Are you ready? Number one, when we see small, God sees big. You know, don't fall off your chair. It's deep stuff today. When we see small, God sees big. Did you notice what Jesse said when Samuel asked, have you got any more? Do you notice that he said, well, yeah, there's still the youngest, but he's out tending the sheep. What he was really saying was, yeah, I've got one more, but it's not him. What he was really saying was, yes, there's another son, but you don't wanna choose that one. What he was really saying is, yeah, I've got another son, but he's not the one, but it's not him, but he's too small, but he's not old enough, but he's my youngest. But, but, but can I tell you that man will often try and put a but where God didn't ever intend for there to be one. You and I do it all the time. I do it all the time. There's a purpose over your life, but I'm too young. 
There's a promise God's given you, but I'm too old. There's a dream in your heart, but I don't know how, but I haven't got enough money, but I don't have enough time, but someone else already did it, but someone else could do it better than me, but I wouldn't know where to start. But, 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 often we see ourselves as small, as inadequate, as insignificant. We see ourselves as smaller than what God is calling us to. And so what we do is we put a but between us and the call of God that he has for our lives. But, 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 but I wanna remind you today that when we see small, God sees big. Do you know that there were so many times in scripture where God would call a person to a great purpose and they would reply to him with a but? Do you know that Saul did it when God wanted to anoint him as king? Did you know that Moses did it when he stood in front of that burning bush and God was asking him to lead the Israelites? Did you know that Jeremiah did it when God first called him to be a prophet to the nations? Gideon did it when God called him to be a mighty warrior. They responded, they answered the call of God with a but I'm only, but I'm not the one but I can't do it, but surely you're not talking to me. But when we see small, God sees big. When I was younger, uh, I went to one of those lion cub enclosures. Now, I know for all of, I know, I know, I know that these days we don't look favorably upon captive animals like that, all right? But in the 90s, that's what they did, okay? They put lion baby cubs in a cage and you could go in and pat them. I know we wouldn't do that these days, but I did. When I was little, I did. Don't hate me, I did it, okay? So I remember being in this lion cub enclosure and this little wee lion cub was there and he was just going around your legs and you could pat him, you could play with him. He had little toys in there. It was like a little puppy. It was like having a little puppy in there. He was so cute and he was so little and, and then I noticed his paws, And how many of you know those paws were not little? They were absolutely enormous. And while what I saw at the time was a cute little kitty cat, his paws told me that in the DNA of this cute little kitty cat was actually an enormous, ferocious lion. And I think that some of us need to be reminded today that when we were adopted into the family of God, we inherited a different DNA. And the DNA that we've inherited as God ki- God's kids says that even though what you might see on yourself is small right now, that he's placed something of bigness and greatness on the inside of you that is bigger than anything you ever thought you were capable of. Have you ever thought you just don't have what it takes? Have you ever thought that what you carry or what you bring to the room is just too small, it can't possibly make an impact? You know, we've got dream teamers in the room today and maybe as you serve on the dream team each time, whether it's on the door or on the stage or in the car park, wherever, and the kids, wherever, maybe each time you serve, you think, oh, I'm not really doing much. I'm not really, you know, I don't really know whether I'm really making a difference. Can I tell you that the small thing you do When we see it as small, God actually sees the impact and the bigness of the significance that he is allowing you to be part of. 
Maybe next Sunday as we come to give in Vision Sunday, perhaps as you come to bring what it is you feel God's calling you to bring, maybe in that moment you think to yourself, oh, what I have is just small. Like surely it's just a drop in the bucket. Surely my little giving is nothing in compared to what the need actually is or to what someone else might be giving. Can I encourage you that what you see is small? God sees the bigness and the significance as being so much bigger than we could ever imagine. It might even just be a word you say of encouragement to someone as you go about your week. It feels small, but the impact of that word can be so big through the hands of God. Maybe it's a pr- maybe someone asks you to pray for them and you think to yourself, oh, you know, that's not gonna make a difference. Can I encourage you that even though we see it as small, there is something of significance and a greater impact that God can bring to our small and cause it to become big. We've gotta believe that when we see small, God sees big. Are you with me this morning, church? Are you with me online? When we see small, God sees big. Here's the second one. Hold on to your seats. When we see big, God sees small. Wow. I know it's powerful. I know. Some of you are either thinking, wow, how does she come up with this stuff? Or you're thinking, what did I really pay her for that? But you know what? I have come to learn that it's the simple things we often forget to live by in our lives. And often we need a reminder of the simplest of things when we're facing something in our world. At Replenish every year, we uh, give a gift to every lady who attends. And by the way, we're having a super sale on Replenish right now. And I can tell you, because I know for sure that this super sale is cheaper than Mother's Day. So all of you ladies who are hanging out for Mother's Day, you're like, I'm not gonna buy my ticket. I'm not gonna buy it. They always have a sale on Mother's Day. This is cheaper. So get it now, all right? Go onto the website and get it now. It's cheaper than Mother's Day. You heard, didn't hear that from me. Uh, Every year at Plenish, we buy a gift for all the ladies. And I love the moment we give it out. I just get so excited. I think gift giving is probably one of my love languages. And so I get so excited when I see the ladies open the gift. So we, uh, one year, it was the first year where we were ordering bulk orders from overseas uh, because we could get more bang for our bucks. So we were like, yeah, we can get much cooler gifts. Let's do that. So we spent months communicating back and forth about this gift. And we had decided that we wanted to get each and every lady a mug, like a coffee mug. We thought every time she has a cup of tea or a coffee, she can sit there and think about all the things God spoke to her about at Replenish. And so we were like going back and forth with the people overseas and the manufacturers that were making it. And for months and months and months, we were working on it and communicating. Our design team had designed these beautiful mugs and they'd sent the designs over. It was so exciting. We were waiting, waiting, waiting for them to arrive. And finally, the day before conference, the mugs arrived. Oh, we were so excited. I happened to be out picking up the guest speaker at the time the mugs arrived and the team opened them up to take a look at them and they called me to let them know they had arrived. I was so excited. I knew the call was coming. I was so excited. And then when I answered, I couldn't tell if the person on the phone was laughing or crying. And I was like, what's going on? What's the matter? Like, are you okay? Is everything all right? I start going to panic stations because I think something terrible's happened or something's gone wrong. And she proceeds to let me know that what I thought I was ordering was this. It was a coffee mug, right? 
But what had actually arrived, what I had actually ordered, was this. Thousands of tiny mugs. Listen though, this was the most popular gift we've ever given. And we bought extras with different designs so people could make it like a set of, they sold out within minutes. Like we've never had, I still get people to this day calling me and saying, have you got any more of those tiny mugs? See, what I thought was coming to me was big. Uh, From my perspective, from what I saw, what I perceived was going to arrive at my door was big, but what actually came to me was small. And I know I've had this happen before where a circumstance in my life, I've thought and perceived it to be really big. But when it arrived to me, I could actually see that through God's eyes, this was actually small. And don't get me wrong, there are circumstances in our life and every day you and I face them that are big. We face big circumstances. There is big stuff that goes on. There is stuff that feels like it's giant in comparison. There are mountains we face. It's big stuff. We all go through it. We all experience the big in our lives. And yet, yet, I've got to remind you today that when we see big, God sees small. Not long after David became Um, was anointed as king, after he was anointed as king, he stood in front of a literal giant. He stood in front of a man named Goliath, who was a Philistine that was nine feet, nine inches tall. He had a bronze helmet and and a bronze scale armor that weighed 125 pounds. He carried a javelin and a spear and he stood before the Israelites and he called them out because he wanted a fight but not one of the Israelites stepped forward to take him on. Why? Because he was big. He was big. He was bigger than them. He was towering. He was intimidating. He was terrifying. He was scary. He was big. And yet David, who was small, may I remind you, David, who was small, was able to stand in front of this giant. Why? because he remembered something about his God that the Israelites had forgotten. And that was that time and time again, they had faced something big and yet God had proven that it was small in his eyes, rescuing them from the rule of the all-powerful Pharaoh. That was big for them, but God had proven it to be small to him. Getting from one side of the Red Sea to the other, like that's big. That's a big deal. That's like an impossible task. It was big to them, but God had proven that it was small to him. Provision of food and water in the, in the wilderness, like that's big to them, but God had proven that it was small to him. Defeating a group of people, a people living in a land that were like giants to them, they felt like grasshoppers, that was big to them, but God had proven that it was small to him. Uh, defeating armies that were twice their size. There's story after story after story of God helping the Israelites defeat massive armies. It was big to them, but it was small to God. Yes, Goliath was big to David, but to David, his God was bigger. His God was bigger. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back and join me now. I'm reminded once again of the story in 2 Kings It's 2 Kings chapter three, and there's this moment where 
Uh, three different kings, the kings of Israel, Judah, and Edom, set out to war against Moab. And they're on the journey toward them when all of a sudden they get brought to a complete standstill and a stop mid-journey because they've reached a place where they have found no food and no water. And they are highly aware that when they have, they've got no food and no water, they can't finish their journey, much less actually be in a battle and be actually useful in a battle. And so they are completely discouraged. They're totally like upset. They don't know what's going on. They feel like God's brought them to a place and then left them high and dry. And so what they do is what they often did, which is they called upon a man of God. They asked for a prophet to come and give them a word from the Lord to try and help give them some direction in this difficult moment. And in 2 Kings 3, we read this. It says, for this is what the Lord says, verse 16. It says, you will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. And you and your cattle and all your other animals will drink. Listen to what it says here. I love this line. It says, this is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. Aren't you glad that in the circumstance that you're facing, we can stand there and say, this is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. Maybe, maybe you need reminding of that today. Perhaps this morning is actually just about reminding you that against the big thing, thing you're facing to God, he simply sees small. In Luke chapter 18, verse 27, Jesus teaches us that what is impossible with man is actually possible with God. What's he saying? He's saying, well, when you see big, I see small. When you see hard, it's easy in the eyes of the Lord. And my prayer is that you would have faith for that. Because guys, I have to be really honest with you. When I look at this building site right now, and when we go through every week with the builders, and make some more decisions, and, and I think about, like guys, next Sunday, next Sunday after the 11.30 service, that wall is getting knocked down. That mezzanine is coming down. Like when I think about all the things, I think, oh, that's really big, Lord. Like it's intimidating to me. I'm like, it's enormous. Like it's, it's not just huge in size, it's huge in weight. It feels weighty, it feels heavy. It feels like there's so much to do, but so little time. It feels like there's so many ways it could go wrong and yet we really need it to go right. It feels like there's so much yet to complete and so little resource that we have to complete it. It feels big. And yet I have to believe that when I see big, God sees small. I have to believe that when I see impossible, God sees possible. And when I think about coming next Sunday and bringing what Steve and I have prayed about and the boys have prayed about bringing, you know, so often I think to myself, oh Lord, it's just not enough. It just feels small and it feels insignificant. It feels like it's not enough. But I have to believe that when I see small, God sees big. God sees big. And as you leave today, as you walk out these doors, whether you go through that door or that door, the team are gonna give you one of these brochures, a flyer, a thingy. And we wanted to give this to you 
today. Online, it's gonna come up. Uh, on the chat, you're gonna see a link and you can download your brochure on the link. And on both this one that you see in the room and the online one, what we wanted to do was in preparation for next Sunday so that you guys arrive here next Sunday with the same picture in your mind as what we see and the leadership team sees for our spaces in our church. We want you to get this in your heart for next Sunday. I want you to read it. I want you to pray about it. I want you to consider and ask God, God, what can we sow into this vision? And there's actually, we're doing it a little bit creatively this year because we've got something very significant we're trying to accomplish as a church. We wanna bring you all on the journey with us. And so we're asking you to pray about giving in one of two ways. You can just give a normal donation. You absolutely can, but we wanted to give you something tangible. And so we're asking you to pray about giving one of two ways. The first way is that you might like to sponsor a space. We've got so many new spaces and those new spaces are gonna be filled with people. And those new spaces that are filled with people, that's, our, that's the why. There's vision for each of those spaces. And on this thing we've written down, we've said, imagine a place. And we're trying to paint a picture for you so you can see it too. And maybe there's a place that captures your heart. Maybe there's a place that you feel really passionate and excited about. Maybe it's the place you met God. Maybe the guest lounge was a significant moment for you in your journey. Maybe the auditorium is a significant moment for you. Maybe you met Jesus as a four-year-old and you wanna sow into the next generation. Whatever space captures your heart, whatever amount, whatever you want to give, whatever you feel the Lord leading you to do, you can sponsor a space. So the second way you can do it is a little bit more tangible. You can select a something. And we've made a list on the back there. You'll see there's a list of a bunch of items that we're gonna need to complete the space, including like 800 auditorium chairs to complete the space. Like you could, guys, you could buy a chair. We'll, we'll do the shopping, but you can, we're gonna have pictures on the wall you can take down and physically do that. And, and we wanted to put something in your hand that you could really grab a hold of, a picture, a vision that you could see in your heart. So that's gonna come to you on your way out and we're trusting and believing that God will speak to you about um, what He wants you to do uh, next Sunday and come prepared to do that. I'm gonna pray for you and then I'm gonna speak to one last group of people. Come on, let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, I thank you. Lord, for every person in this room, you know what it is they're walking through right now. You know their circumstance and their situation. And Lord, I thank you that even as they face what it is you're asking them to do and feel small or insignificant or feel like they can't do it, God, I thank you that what you see is actually big. I thank you that what they bring to the table has got impact and significance greater than they'd ever imagined. And Lord, I thank you for those as well. I just bring to you those who are facing something really big, a mountain, a giant that seems overwhelming, bigger than them. Lord, I thank you for your word that we can trust and rely on that says that's an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. And we just trust in that today. Those watching online who are facing something right now, I pray there'd be a stirring of their faith to know that when we see small, God sees big. And when we see big, God actually sees small. 
I want to speak to one more group of people. If you're in the room today or online and it's your first time watching, it's your first time here, or perhaps you've been for a little while, but you've never made a decision to give your life to Christ. And today you know that today's your day. Well, I want to tell you today that God loves you. And He loves you so much. He created you with a plan and a purpose in mind. And He wants nothing more than to be in relationship with you. But the truth is that for each and every one of us, there comes a time in our life and we, are, we turn our back on God. We walk our own way. We do our own thing. We make mistakes. The Bible calls it sin. And that sin, it separates us from God. But He loved us too much to leave it that way. And so He came up with a plan. And the plan was that He would send His one and only Son, Jesus, to live a sinless life on earth, but then die a sinner's death to pay the debt that you and I were due for the sin in our lives, the sin that separated us. And in doing so, He created a way for us to be reconciled back to the Father. And I'm gonna pray a prayer today and I'm gonna invite you to pray it along with me right where you're seated. You don't have to get up. I'm not gonna call you to the front. You don't have to pray it out loud. All you have to do is pray it in your heart. You can pray it from your very own living room. Mean it with everything that you've got. Are you ready? We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. You paid the debt that I was due. And I thank you that I can find forgiveness today. Lord, make me brand new. Give me a brand new start in you. I turn from my old life and I turn to you now. Thank you for the plans and the purposes you have for me. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna do one more thing. Don't let praying that prayer be the only step you take. Join us in taking a faith step today. I'd love to acknowledge and be able to see who it is that I'm praying for today. I'm gonna count to three, and all you have to do is on threes, just lift your hand nice and high. I'll see it, I'll acknowledge it. You can pop it straight back down. I'm not gonna get you to stand up. I'm not gonna call you to the front. On, online, there's a button you can push. It's coming up right now. It says, I raise my hand. Are you ready? Be bold, be brave. One, two, three. Hands can go up. Thank you, awesome, awesome, I see you. Yep, I see you down the back. Yes, yes, I see you as well under the mezzanine. Anybody else? You're saying, Bex, would you count me in? Yes, thank you. I see you down there. Thank you. Anybody else? You're saying, Bex, would you count me in? Just give online one moment to catch up. You're saying, Bex, count me in on that prayer. I prayed it. Maybe for the first time, maybe coming back to God. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's pray. God, I thank you for every person who prayed that prayer today. I thank you that you love them and you've called them by name. Lord, I thank you that they have come home. And Lord, right now, we just celebrate as all of heaven has a party, celebrating these lives transformed and turned to you. Come on, church, would you celebrate? How good is God? Amazing. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.